Episode 233 of the Poor Horseman Podcast. Um, special episode for you today, but but put the camera on me because um, y'all know we have a Patreon. And um, one of our patrons, which we really appreciate, she might have been our first patron. Probably so. She yeah. is. Matter she fact. Been our, no, she was. Mm. She, she might have been our first, first patron. Okay. Miss um, Shirley um, wanted me to unveil a gift. Now, I've already seen it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pass it around. Did you and then use we'll show it already? Camera. I, I probably did use it. You know, no, of course not. Uh, All right. So I hope it ain't um, condoms. <laughs> no, this is a. This <laughs> Left a, that in there. She, she said that you this is a anytime. new set piece. And congratulations to what we've been doing. Mm. So I'm going to open it now and I'm going to just pass around. So nobody can see it yet on camera because we're going to do this the official way. Ooh. So pass Ooh. that around. That's live. So, Miss um, Shirley, we really appreciate it. That's live. You doing that for us because you definitely didn't have to. It showed up to my house and it said fragile. And I was like, what is this? And the fact that she took the time out of her day to do that for us is really special. So put the camera on, Casey. Show show us what what, show the people what we got, please. Turn that around. So we got a decanter. That that is a poor horseman out. We got four glasses. So now we don't even have to double cup it no more. We got our own glasses. So L- oh, who's taking the decanter uh, home though? We like, don't leave it here. It's like the Stanley Cup or something. So it's gonna be a part this over right now. Straight up. Not even watching. So so shout out again. That could go in it anyway. Exactly. To 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 Kevin Hart and the team, of course, for what they've been doing with Grant Cormino. And then at the same time, we can add this as a part of our set. So oh, thank hard. you, um, Shirley. We really appreciate it. Now they was they were slandering you. They were saying it was gonna be something pretty nasty. Yeah, some some belts and chains in that motherfucker. Miss <laughs> Shirley, I ain't even watching this shit. I'm happy right now. Man, you're gonna be sick, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it been through the post office you. and shit. <laughs> it's looking man, Drake, man. Shit. All right, but we have a special guest today. Um, obviously, we're going to kick it like we normally do, but we do have a, a special guest today. So, JC, yeah, yeah. please, do you mind introducing our guest today? And then, brother, you, your camera will be the one right in that middle above. He pointed at it now. We'll have you do your introduction also. But JC, please. Hey, man. I, uh, so, y'all know I'm a, a fitness director, uh, JF uh, Houston. Um, and we got three locations in Dallas. So, this brother... Uh, I was notified by my sister Victoria that, hey, I want you to train uh, my partner, Justin. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I seen him around because I, I do training up in Dallas as well. I seen him around, but, you know, I didn't know him. But whatever, he got a package where he gets, you know, personal training and he had a flex pass. So, boom, we train. And, you know, he's, you know, pretty humble and he don't really say much. I ain't, you know, I just, we just train, whatever. And then, you know, I, I think around the second session, we started, you know, getting to know each other, you know, talking a little bit. So he's one of those people that you be talking about on the pod when you get information, he one of them. Yeah. 
<laughs> he, he, he want a day. He want a day because you don't know, but there'll be often times that JC will be like, "Man, you know, I, I just, just be talking to people. I they, do be talking to people. in my line, bro. Like <laughs> I just, just be telling me, he, he be telling me about all the cases. So he, when uh, I be asking, who are these niggas? It's he is, him. Is I ain't telling your business on this hoe. But anyway, but nah, we we train, bro, and we got the talking, and I didn't know this man was such a staple with with the culture on the legal side. No question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I didn't follow him. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. I just treat people, you know, how, you know, uh, they come in and they the energy they give me, I give it right back. So we got to talking and, uh, you know, damn, I ain't know, you know, he he was uh, really uh, just um, in the culture as far as the legal side, as far as like, you know, all this stuff we see with the cops and, you know, black people getting killed. Social activism. Social yeah. activism, you know, and he's a lawyer. He's actually in the courtroom and he broke that down to me like, man, no, I'm actually active i'm actually in the courtroom i'm not just on instagram uh talking about these cases i'm not just on cnn talking about this stuff i'm not just on breakfast club whatever like i'm actually in the courtroom i'm actually doing the work i'm actually in the communities so um and he's going back and forth uh dallas uh houston he he you know he'd be in atlanta he'd be in new york he'd be in you know la whatever but uh uh but most importantly man like he you know just comes to the gym and he supports the brand. He Straight supports, up. you know what I'm saying, black-owned businesses. So, uh, yeah, with all that being said, man, uh, Justin Moore, Esquire, you know, welcome to the show. Man, you know, thanks for having me. You know what I'm saying? Um, to your point, bro, I mean, I just show up and try to get my work in, man. And, yeah. You know, we was talking about this off camera. You know, I don't think I'm distinguished. I think I play my role, you know what I'm no saying? No doubt. Mm -hmm. The role I was bestowed is uh, to be a custodian of uh, the legal culture for our people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make me no better than nobody else. We all have a, a vocation. You got a vocation for mm -hmm. keeping our people healthy. Mm -hmm. and I know y'all brothers, I don't know y'all too well, but I'm sure you guys are stepping into your uh, your roles the way you need to as well. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the Lord just blessed me to be uh, in this position. and Finance, kids, yeah. thug. thug. <laughs> 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 look, look, look at how you dress right now. I mean, you know, but, he yeah. clearly, he we clearly all... needs legal assistance right now. <laughs> We yeah. all do community work, man. No, like man, we all we, do community work. Well, yeah, I'll say this, you know, and um, I don't I don't fly this flag often, but you know, I'm in Chicago a lot, and one of, one of my clients that I'm really close with is Larry Hoover. That's what's mm. up. Mm. Which yeah. I've seen you talk about on your Instagram, etc. Yeah. So I was gonna get into that here in a little bit. So, so you know, I mean, the thug label to me means something totally different. Yeah. And there's different aspects of it, right? Mm -hmm. Tupac tried to tell there's us. different degrees of it. And, you know, I've seen people cast Larry Hoover as the super thug, but I've also seen him as the super community organizer and community servant. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I know I know, I know, know they give you that label with Jest. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, I've yes. seen people use that label in a way to demean, like, people's good work in their communities. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whatever you may be, it yeah. sounds like you're someone that is probably showing up for your community. And, I, you know, I, I appreciate you for that, brother. Most nah, definitely. Not to get too serious. I know nah, that was a joke. Nah, nah, nah. You know it was a joke. Nah, that shit was a joke. I ain't trying to kill the joke. You can kill it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, now, give tell the people where they can find you, the organizations that you're involved Damn, with. Damn, is the interview over already? That's like nah, the last we, question there. No, we like to do <laughs> it before <laughs> and after, man. Because like, we want to make sure that ahead of time we can have that up front. Yeah. And then we can go into some of the details. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of uh, projects I'm working on, but I'll give you the main places where you can find me. Instagram. Uh, Justin.a.more uh, Twitter underscore J-A underscore more I have a nonprofit called the Liberation Fund um, so when you see these guys on TV representing folks that are being brutalized by the police 
nine times out of ten, well, ten times out of ten, they're getting a large percentage of the settlement money. Mm. What we do at the Liberation Fund is we represent these folks pro bono. Man. We don't get a percentage of their settlement money. Mm. It all goes to the families. Um, so that's what we have there. So you can find me at the liberationfund.org. Uh, I'm working with the Marcus Garvey family. Uh, we created a uh, leadership. Uh, <laughs> I just th- instantly thought of Dr. Umar. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of Dr. Umar, man. That's why I'm <laughs> the fourth descendant of Marcus Garvey. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah. Well, Dr. Umar isn't really a descendant of Dr. Umar. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually working with Marcus Garvey's last remaining son, Dr. Julius Garvey. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. 80, he's 89 years old. Wow. Um, we created a leadership development institute. Um, so that's the uh, Garvey Leadership uh, Development Institute.org. Okay. Um, what else am I working on? I'm working on a lot of shit, man. If you go to my Instagram. That's where you'll find it all. You'll find it all. Okay. Okay. So let's jump right into it then. Phil, what? On, Phil may be right. This may have been a bad decision to drink out this hoe. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to start. You remember when Steve would drink the Stefan serum and start yeah. doing that shit? <laughs> Miss Shirley. I, I probably should have watched this yeah, whole. Like, I was so excited. Yeah, I was like, so it's excited. Late. It's too late now. Yeah. I was so excited and touched by the the gesture. But I'm a thug. <laughs> uh, this is, we, we both said the same thing, though, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We, but I still really, drunk it. I'm I a grip. Still drink. Yeah, that's your fault. All right. You probably should just chug it and don't think about it. Yeah. Now I'm going to just keep drinking. Worry about the outcomes. And if I start. I'm gonna laugh. If you start doing that, we gotta stop the pod. Go live. Make sure we go live on every platform. Bro, is that like, is that Stefan? Is that uh, Doctor Clump? So let's kind of get to turn your, into Buddy Love. Buddy Love. <laughs> 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 Buddy Love was a wild boy. Have you seen? Have you seen the Nutty Professor as an adult though? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, it's even funny. Oh, yeah. man. It's inappropriate for a kid. You know, watching that as a kid is crazy. I, I, I don't know how people didn't know this. Gas. I had posted it on Twitter because <laughs> I had watched it like a, a couple months, like a couple months ago. I had watched it on Twitter, and my wife didn't know mm-hmm. uh, that Eddie Murphy was acting like Richard Sherman. That's that's no, his name. Richard Simmons. Richard, Richard Simmons. 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 I'm a pony. Yeah. 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 So she didn't know. Genius. Oh, she, yeah. he, I was like, you know this Eddie Murphy, right? She was like, no, it's not. Hey. So I posted it on Twitter. Everybody was like, what? I didn't and that's crazy to wow. me that nobody knew that's that. That's crazy. He was the act he was the dude upstairs too. He was everybody. He was, he was everybody. Turn, everybody. Turn that stuff down. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. <laughs> this nigga crazy, I bro. Like, I didn't realize Dave Chappelle was the stand up comic. Oh, yeah. Reggie. 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 Our next movie review is going to be Nutty Professor. Where does the Nutty Professor land in the canon of Eddie Murphy movies for y'all? So we top three. We're gonna do we're gonna do that as a review. So we do I'm ruining you. But but you can come back. Yeah, like you, sure this, you is, this is a, this is, it sound like you interested in that. <laughs> say, your mama so fat. I, I have an opinion. I have an opinion <laughs> where it falls in Eddie Murphy's <laughs> movie, but I don't want to say it on this because it'll ruin the our bitch review. Bitch with the yeah, okay. group. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get off track. We get off track. <laughs> so, brother Justin, we need to know your first off. Did you, did you play any like sports or anything? Because Justin oh, walked in here at six ten. What my dad so tell you today? Yeah, he walked in here at six ten. Oh, he met my dad today. Yeah, uh, I played in I played in high school and I played okay. a little bit in college. Man. Basketball, ba- uh, football, football. Okay, football. football. I played so, tight end. Tight end. Okay, okay. Ooh. So, yeah. if you were to compare, this nigga me was doing- no offense. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> no offense. They want them tall tight ends. Oh, yeah, so we okay. do a thing. Right now, if you were playing in the NFL right now, who would your game be like? What tight end? I wouldn't play in the NFL because I ain't trying to get CTE. Fair. Um, but who do I like in the NFL? I like Kelsey. Kelsey is, he might be the best bro, tight end of Black all time. Black History right? Month, bro. He tough. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that. Matt McClung, now Travis Kelsey. We ain't <laughs> nah, got nah, shit nah, no Matt more. Matt McClung a beast. He's like, <laughs> nah, nah, Travis, Travis, cool. nah, Travis, Travis is nice. Cool. Travis is nice. Um, Travis is nice. I mean, honestly, though, bro, I stopped watching football, bro. Um, I was a Cowboys fan for the longest. Well, that tells you. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've interacted with uh, with Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. regards to social justice activism, man. So, oh, yeah, I tried stay to. stay strong. Okay. Well, no, I stopped watching, but, you know, the Cowboys got good. I know that hurt. For a little bit. So, I, I got sucked back in. And then uh, that Jerry Jones picture came out. And that really just killed it for me. Mm. And I can't root that. for no other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't root yeah. for the Cowboys. What part of Dallas you from? Uh, Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff. Yeah. Okay. Oak Cliff. Cliff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. So give us give us the origin. Like, um, what got you involved in the type of work you did? What what made you go to Morehouse from yeah. Dallas? You know, uh, how, how did that happen? Man, this is a long story, but you guys invited me here to tell my story, so I'm gonna take my time to tell it. Uh, so in high school, man, I wasn't really considering going to college. Um. Yeah, I thought about playing sports in college. Uh, I got recruited Kansas State, Kansas to play football. You know, Kansas State was decent. Kansas was trash. But I wasn't really a football lover like that. I didn't love waking up and working out and playing it. Mm -hmm. So my heart wasn't in it. So I wasn't going to go to school and wake up at 5 a.m. every morning just to go to college. Um, so, you know, my senior year, I wasn't really considering going to school. Obviously, my mother was, you know, dismayed by it. Uh, so she uh, she connected me with uh, with a cat from Morehouse who was uh, actually in town, uh, going to different schools and telling the students about the school and whatnot. So I went to an informational and you know, met the dude, and he really sat me down and explained the school. And I mean, ultimately, uh, some of my partners were there, and they decided to go. And I was like, "Well, shit, if they going straight up, I might as well just give it a shot." But this is why it's so important for for young black males to be surrounded by a community of folks that have not only their best interests at heart, but also they're striving for better for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like osmosis, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, unfortunately, you're gonna. Unfortunately, we don't find that until late in life or like, look, yeah. like you know, going past your prime almost to, in a lot of cases. I was lucky, bro. And you know, I was lucky my father didn't go to college. I mean, he pushed for it, but he didn't know what it was. You dig what I'm saying? And you know, no disrespect to my father, cause you know, I love him, may, may he rest in peace. But he did what he could with what he had. Yeah. Um, and he was very supportive of whatever we decided. So if we decided not to go to college, he would have been okay with it. Mm -hmm. Just as long as we achieved whatever route we uh, decided to take. But nevertheless, I followed my partners there. And, you know, I went to uh, to Morehouse without a plan, really. It was really just to, you know, further my life and try to see if there were new goals for me to obtain. Once I got there, I kind of meandered a bit. I wasn't the best say, student. I'm, I'm counting all the, the big words you used. You had three. <laughs> <laughs> My name said meander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yo. spell it M-E-A-N-D-E-R-E-D. -E -E I kind of just didn't do it. I didn't do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You we got you. I mean? but, we, that's just what we um, You know, so it took me a few years, man. It took me a couple years to really get my footing. Um, it was one time, it was one semester in college. I was taking 19 hours. I withdrew from 18 of them. Damn. The last hour I had was a swimming. Lab, a swim. <laughs> and, <laughs> How you do that? And I failed that. Damn. <laughs> suck. Well, you like you fit the you stereotype. Huh? You fit the stereotype. At the time? <laughs> yeah, at I did. At the time he did. Now, were I you did. like in an org or were you what what, what? Nah, well, you know, so this is what it was, man. So <laughs> 
hell look. Because you know what I'm saying? Like when you they had 19 like, no, 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 hours. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Quit eight to eight. <laughs> quitting 18 hours is so, wild. So let me let me just give you the let me give, six classes, let me man. let me give you the full clarity of the picture. So my first year, I was a great student. Okay. Mm. Ended the year with a 3.8. Mm. More of my partners came the next year, including my little brother. Oh, y'all started kicking it. Oh yeah, we yeah. started kicking and started party promoting. Started you know to Atlanta, huh? In Atlanta, yeah. started right. involving ourselves in I various questions. activities. I'm gonna have questions about the the, the other side. Yeah, yeah for Africans. sure, for sure. So uh, you know, when he got there, you know, he moved in with me. And it was a party every night. We stopped going to class. Mm -hmm. Started in, engaging ourselves and uh, you know taking illicit drugs. Okay, uh, so it was a party every day, and uh, you know that first semester was really hard for me and. I ended up withdrawing from every class and failing swimming. Um, you know, and that, you know, that kind of happened for a couple of years, man. And over the course of those two years, and this is really uh this is really monumental for me. I wouldn't even say monumental, but it was life changing. I saw my brother being affected by that lifestyle, and he developed a mental illness. Hmm. So I'm failing out of school and he's developing a, a mental illness. He ended up uh being diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia. I believe that it was chemical induced. Probably it was chemical Smoke induced. Some K2 or some shit like that. Ain't no telling. Mm. Um, so once I saw him struggling that way, I kind of told myself, I was like, man, I need to get back on track because I don't know if that's my fate. Yeah. Because not only do you care about your loved one that's struggling, but you also start wondering, do I have that same type of gene within myself? If I smoke something tomorrow, am I going to, you know, is that switch going to flip and I'm going to be struggling just like him? So that's how I got back on track. And I'm giving you the short of it. No doubt. Um, so I got back on track. I was able to graduate. So after that semester where I dropped all my classes and failed, my GPA dropped from a 3.8 to a 2.1. I brought it back up to a 3.0, graduated. Um, you know, at the time when I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, the young lady I was dating at the time was in law school. Did you like major in letters or something like that? Not philosophy. Like that? Philosophy. Yeah, okay. philosophy. So, yeah, that, yeah. so law makes sense then. My question yeah. though, yeah. before you go further, when you failed swimming, were you attending class or you just didn't attend class? <laughs> I didn't attend class. Bro. Okay. I was about to say. <laughs> you said yeah. you swim? Yeah, I was about to say, man, damn. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you can't doggy, go swimming if you hung you over every day either. Straight right? up. Doggy right? pedal to a seat. <laughs> you really, you just got to show up. You got to yeah. show up. That's, you that's, show why up. I, that's why I, I thought that was important. If you was going and you failed. Bro, I can swim like, like a God fish. Damn. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, so at the time, and you asked me if my major was letters or you know philosophy. Before then, my major was uh, was business. Okay, mm. like every other you know. Yeah, Morehouse yeah, brother. Yeah. No, every other nigga because I was yeah. business too. Yeah, I mean that's what it was. I couldn't pass business business algebra though. Bro, that shit. It was hard as fuck. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> It, but it's not though. It is. Right. It well, this is a. Right, 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 right. This is if if Dexter's laboratory was an oversized <laughs> nigga. That's him. <laughs> See, can you can you write a good ass English paper though? Nigga? Without question. Nah, See, he can do it. Nah, I can write a good. See, without question. My 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 college uh, background is almost similar. I, when you said that, that's why I laughed because I. Cause you can't swim. No. <laughs> no. I can doggy paddle my ass off, but. Uh, when I had, um, I was at UCO and I had like 18 hours mm. and I ended up dropping like <laughs> 12 and I failed a class. So I only have getting three hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel you. 
It was like um, when you said that shit, it just like made me it brought back trauma, dog. Brought back Amen. all that Black shit. Man but when I got my masters, I graduated with four point oh. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Did you use illicit drugs too? <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, I ain't really do. I ain't do that till like post yeah, college. Post college. Well, you know, the, so the beautiful thing about about this particular part of my journey, man. Although I was dealing with you know, my brother's struggle struggles, we were 22 months apart, and we were very much so attached to the hip. Mm. You know, if you fought me, you fought him type Y'all shit. Irish twins. Close. Yeah, Close. yeah Irish twins was 11 months. months of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 13, oh, 13 okay. months. Yeah. Man, I, yeah, I was having an argument with an old lady about Irish twins. She was saying, nah, that's when a, a nigga is having a kid outside of his other relationship. Nah, nah, that's At the your, same time that's as his baby mama. Yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> I was like, that ain't Irish twins. That's nigga twins. Nigga twins. I got a partner. <laughs> <laughs> I got a partner. That's twins. That's twins. I got a partner who got two sons. Like, I think they like... Six months apart. Can they hoop? Nah, they young. Oh, well, they hopefully young. they my, can. My, uh, my niece and nephew are uh, like nine days apart. Damn. Oh, shit. So they twins. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> they like nine. But uh, they tweaks, nigga. That's a week apart. <laughs> <laughs> they tweaks. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, that journey was, it was good because I remember I, I was on campus one day and I would just go to campus just to hang out, talk shit about sports. Smoke cigarettes. I mean, I was, you I was smoking cigarettes. How old brother are you? I was live, man. Huh? That shit ain't live. That thirty six. <laughs> not, not live in a good way, but I was a live wire. Thirty six. Was smoking Lucy's on yeah, campus. Uh, you had one behind your ear and shit. Yeah, yeah. In Damn. Atlanta, that was a thing, though. What it really the fuck was. You was going through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, back the, then that was a thing. At the time, him. BMF was heavy in Atlanta. That was a thing. Jeezy was. Everybody was trying to sell drugs. Everybody has Lucy's. Even if you didn't need to. Thirty six. Thirty six. That was a thing back then. For sure. But uh, cigarettes, yes, bro. I don't Damn, smoke you went anymore. To a BMF party, man. Hell, I mean, BMF ran in. I know. I, yeah. so what was that like? But they ran only like zone hey, no six. Lie. No lie. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they ran Atlanta, but they ran the black. You saw the Tigers Atlanta. come out. Atlanta is the black part of town. You talking about? Yeah. Whole really, city no, is they, they wasn't like they didn't not have Buckhead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. They hadn't got there yet. Yeah, I, this is this is just a sidebar because I'm still fixated on cigarettes. <laughs> I know it. I know he he can attest. I remember I was in the middle of knocking down a young lady, and <laughs> no lie, a cigarette? no lie, like we knocked over her purse. We knocked over her purse, and cigarettes popped out. <laughs> I uh, got up and Bro, left. you never smoked a cool or a new Bro, pool? I ain't never yeah. smoked no uh, motherfucking cigarette yeah. ever. I remember, I remember my first cigarette. I was at, I was at Morehouse in the quad. My knees buckled. Nigga, that shit was... The only time that I... Hit me, that shit hit me like a brick. The only time I ever... <laughs> like, yeah, have you smoked one? No. no the only time I ever bought cigarettes, I bought a pack of cigarettes. And that was because it was Halloween and I was Leonard Washington for, for Halloween. <laughs> So that was the only time I ain't never smoked the motherfuckers. But I just had a box. And I was Leonard Washington. You was Leonard Washington? I was Leonard Washington. Oh, Dave Chappelle. That was the only time. That's funny as That fuck. cigarette shit is wild. That's a Martin Lawrence. <laughs> I go upstairs but and watch I, but, I, but I think I painted the picture of like yeah. what, what I was and my, yeah, yeah. My, my my pathos at the time. So I remember I was on I was on the yard. And uh, it was a black professor in the philosophy department. He would always show up with a bow tie and three piece suits. I think it was Lawrence Fishburne, Ohio. Like. Man, <laughs> but baby, I don't know if he was trying to. I don't, I don't know if he was trying to, to 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 define, like describe or design himself after that character. But he pulled me to the side and was like, "That's what he told me verbatim." He was like, "Man, what are you doing? You you a drug dealer?" 
I laughed. I was like, nah, I ain't no drug dealer, man. He was like, man, all you do is come up to this bitch and never go to class. I see you outside of Jasmine. Jasmine's was this uh, coffee shop we had on the yard mm. where everybody would go and post up outside just to mm. talk shit. He was like, all you do is come up here to Jasmine's. You never go to class. You need to come take my class, man, because I, you know, just just take my class. I see a lot of potential in you, but, you know, just come come by my office and let's get you signed up for next semester. So I took his class. It was philosophy. It was African-American philosophy one-on-one. Mm. Took the class. <laughs> this is higher learning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it sounds cliche that, though. It sounds yeah, cliche yeah. as fuck. That but, good. You know, he, you know, I took his class, and that shit just, it really just rocked my worldview. You know what I'm saying? To mm. see a black man that was an intellectual, but that was still cool yeah. and smooth with yeah. it. Yeah, not a nerd. Yeah, um, yeah. Do it the best. Yeah, it ain't, yeah. And that, and that just immediately just rocked me in a way in which it made me wanted to change who the fuck I was. Mm. And, you know, that was my junior, first semester of my junior year, man. So uh, I ended up taking this class. I switched my major to philosophy. Yeah. Um, I graduated. This is admin, right? I, gra- I graduated in two and a half years. I raised my GPA up to a 3.0. To get in law school. Well, I'm going to get to the law school story. So I graduate, which I remember when I when I was told I was graduating, I was just so shocked by that shit. Me, I was me like, damn, too. I'm graduating? <laughs> oh, it, was just, it just seemed like a... Like a like a feat. The that only was, nigga that knew he was yeah, gonna graduate. Was three. When Man. I found out, when I found out I was graduating, I went to a Christian university in Oklahoma. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. Me and his brother was roommates. And when I found out I was graduating, like I broke down crying because <laughs> I was like, I mean, I had did better. Yeah. I, when I was business admin, I was bullshitting class. I really didn't resonate with what they were mm-hmm. talking about. Plus, they had me taking Christian. Uh, classes mm. that was definitely messing up my GPA because <laughs> my mom, our mom is yeah. a pastor, yeah, like, and so yeah, yeah. ministers, yeah. And so, oh, word, okay. yeah. so what they were teaching wasn't what I was brought up on, and I was like, Yeah, this is some you know, white, no offense, but this is white mom, people. I'll shit. say this y'all mom's spirit is so like welcoming, man. Yeah, like, so she was I just was, sitting there watching me struggle and. I felt I felt encouraged to finish that shit I was doing because she was just looking at me with this loving look. Like disappointing her is like a punishment in itself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I yeah. ain't gotta get talked mm-hmm. to. But uh when I when I found out I was graduating, it like made sense because I had changed my master's to uh clinical mental health. Mm. Like I was doing counseling and work and like finding that out, I I was really into it. My GPA went from a <laughs> shit was like a 2.0 to yeah. like a 3.0 and it was just in a year and a half and so it, it just kind of goes with what you're talking about that's yeah. why every, it, it's bringing that, all that shit up because like you kind of <laughs> I mean, bro, I mean that, shit is, that shit is so real bro because it's like hindsight isn't is it, it isn't wisdom but it's obviously 2020 you realize that people some people treat college as a means to making money straight up mm-hmm some people don't have that luxury. We didn't have that luxury of going into college and saying, all right, we're going to use this shit to make a lot of money. Yeah. We had to find ourselves through that process. And yeah. I hooped. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, it was a true, true. yeah, it was a true matriculation process. Yeah. But we had peaks and valleys and bumps in the road. But ultimately, shit, we made it through and persevered, man. I knew I knew a lot of cats, you know, my brother included, who didn't make it out, man. Um, and the shit is tragic. But... You know, we got to find a way to look at our lives and, you know, our journey as a means of saying, like, damn, college can be good for black men. I know a lot of niggas that say college ain't for everybody, but I do think it is for everybody. 
how we how we crafted in our community as a means towards success, like material success, that might not be for everybody. Mm-hmm. But for growth as a man, absolutely, you can find that at college. Oh yeah, yeah, I think. Um, you, but you can also find it outside of the college structure. Yeah, you can too. Right. Yeah. You can our, definitely find it there also. Right. I think but, our community doesn't understand. Um, the reward system outside of the financial benefits you get from the job. Mm-hmm. So you go to college, they immediately think you need to be working when you get done or you going to job to college to get this incredible job that I didn't have. Like a lot of our family, you know, they worked factories, mm-hmm. they worked, you know, teaching jobs maybe where it wasn't like now where you had um, degrees and stuff. They were like admins or assistants, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it, it made it to where college was the only way out. So that's a lot of stress on us also. No, it you know is. what I'm saying? Yeah. You go to school thinking, up. I'm going to disappoint my family. Man, a lot of hey. us first-generation students. That's it, bro, um, right there. When I was going to college, my dad was in college mm. at the same time. Yeah. Like, my oldest brother was in college at the same time. So it's kind of like a, a, a weird thing right. that we have in our community where you don't really get a chance to grow up. Yeah. It's the same thing we, we'll get into, mm-hmm. how everyone looks at a 10-year-old black kid as a man. Yeah. You know, you, and when you go to college, we still kids, man. We still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I was true, eighteen, bro. fresh out, of, like fresh out the house in Oklahoma, with nothing, with nothing, yeah, yeah. Like, and not then, knowing nothing not about nothing Oklahoma. About Oklahoma. Not, no, I never. The only time never I've been, been to Oklahoma though. was the first time I went to Oklahoma with my dad to go visit the school that yeah. I was going to. Yeah, and that was the only time I've been to Oklahoma. <laughs> Quite frankly, when I really think about it in retrospect. I didn't even know Oklahoma existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is real shit. Like, I did not know. You had an idea of it. But. Like, I knew Oklahoma University. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just didn't, like, know, like. The only, person, only thing I knew about Oklahoma was the the bars, that, uh, oh, the yeah. linebackers. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know how to get to Oklahoma. I didn't know where Oklahoma was on yeah. the map. I ain't know nothing about Oklahoma. Hmm. And so when I went there, and then I went to the school, the dude, so, uh, you know, showed me the whole rah-rah and all that shit, but I still had to make my test scores, mm-hmm. which I didn't make until the middle of the season. But, like, it was it was that freshman year alone, nigga, I got – I got um, – I was able to get on the team. I made the test scores. The fir- very first game mm-hmm. I was about to suit up for, I found out I, I was having a baby. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so <clears throat> that happened. And then the same, my, the, the same day as the game, the very same day, like right before the game, an hour before the game, blood, I got a text like we need to talk. You can wait till after the game. <laughs> you know that Lil Wayne line. You don't want that late, that, that late, late text, text, that I'm um, late, late text. Yeah. That shit. Does she know? Wait, did she know you had a game though? Uh, did she? I don't know. Cause no, she didn't. Because she didn't know I passed my test scores yet. Cause we that's how we would we wasn't uh, rocking like that. You know what I'm saying? It was just like we went on dates and it yeah, happened. Yeah, I feel you. But that happened. Um my dad got in a bad car accident. Mm. Car rolled over, flipped over. Oh shit. I, I, I'm about to fly home. My mom gave me a ticket. The coach says, if you're gonna if uh if you leave, um you red shirt. I'm like, nigga, my dad just got in the car accident. I'm going to see my dad. Was Coach White? Yes. No, no offense. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Your word. Yes. Oh, the, lights are, the lights are bright. <laughs> yes. All I saw, yeah. All I saw was melon. But, yeah. Like they're up. That happened too. And so, like that first year, like people, I ain't really talk about it a lot. But that first year, I went through a lot of shit. I ain't had my first drink until my first year. And my first drink was some vodka straight out the bottle. Oh, man. And like, that's how it went. And so when people talk about college, like it's it's a real like like that shit molded me. Like I never folded. Yeah. People could have felt like I could have folded and just like man, fuck it. I'm Trial go, by fire, bro. I'm gonna go to the army or some shit like that. But it didn't happen. Trial by fire. So bro. when I tell people, hey, if college is not for you, don't go. But if it is, go that route. Get through it, cause if you don't finish it, I guarantee it's gonna be a regret down the road, or it's gonna be a financial something that you right. do down the road, cause you are gonna feel like you have to do it. Get that shit over with. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna switch switch gears. Um, in your career, so when you graduate law school, what was your first? No, wait. Let them get to I'm what made them yeah, go yeah, to yeah, law school. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. My bad. We was about go to ahead. jump into okay, that. I know ahead. we going on. Yeah. Go so uh, I didn't have any real designs of going to law school. But uh, the young lady I was dating at the time, she was in law school already. And she highly suggested if I didn't do anything after graduating that was respectable, she was going to, you know, dip on me. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? So, you know. She was she, tough. Was she black? Yeah, she black. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I made the decision to go. Um, grades was high enough. And, you know, I did pretty well. I took the LSAT for shits and giggles just to see if I could do well on it. And I did good enough to get into a law school. So you I studied? Uh, I studied a little bit. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't go as hard as the average person. I mean, I'm I'm naturally a good test taker. I get testing yeah. anxiety. I know yeah. niggas. I, I I'm not a good test taker. Uh, I, I know I, niggas I, like, that I don't study, study hard. and can pass a test. No, yeah. I study hard. Like I, I'm I'm am I, I'm I'm very articulate. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm intellectual in in some aspects. But when I get in front of a test, it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know everything I forget. Like, I'm a teacher. Yeah. So my <laughs> teacher certification, this I had to crazy. take that whole four times. Yeah. And I literally had to pass it in order to keep a job. And yeah. I passed it that time and I won by, I got it by five points. We know testing is a byproduct of white supremacy, right? So, and we ain't gonna go too deep. No, we're gonna no, get we to that too. Don't worry, we we gotta get to that know. too. I was waiting to jump into that. The, the idea. <laughs> to yeah, test I, the boat. <laughs> The yeah, the idea, the idea of saying that you need to take a a, a test that that's, <laughs> that's in a vacuum, yep. that judges how smart or how intellectual you are, no some bullshit. At all. Yeah. It's bullshit. It doesn't incorporate other elements of what it means to be smart and intellectual. But I digress. So, nah, don't. You know, get into them. <laughs> but yeah, let me let me finish. <laughs> no, no, the, yeah, let me, let me run through the story. Go, 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 go. So, so I ended up going to law school, and um, you know, it was basically just to impress impress a girl, and I think. At some point, we've all done something. That's to how it goes. You know Facebook was created on that. Yeah, so you know, I went into law school. I uh, went to SMU. Was trying to be a corporate lawyer. Yeah, hmm. but at the time, this is all running parallel. As I'm achieving, you know, you know, academic heights, my brother is declining mentally. Yeah, you dig what I'm saying. So uh, the reason why I chose to go to SMU is because he had to move back home from Atlanta because he just couldn't handle that shit anymore. Wow. And we were just so tight. I wanted to make sure I was there for him, to, you know, to assist my parents with him as well. So, you know, I'm at SMU trying to be a corporate lawyer and shit. You know, it's a, an extremely conservative university. Yeah. So I'm going from Morehouse to SMU. Yeah. Mm. Remember my first day at SMU, man, I sat next to this chick, man. I forget her name. She she knows mine now. 
But I sat, I sat next to her. She was sitting right here. It was like stadium seats. I sat next to her. She looked at me and scoffed like, ugh, and got up and scooted two seats down. Hmm? That was my first experience at that motherfucker. Mm. Was she white, white women? She was white. Yeah. White. <laughs> Might have been from Oklahoma. So, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, like no, SMU is like SMU is like, like oh you like that. It, no, OU ain't nothing. SMU no, is no. worse. SMU, SMU is like SMU and SMU is like rich. SMU is like Texas and them. Texas and And I went to graduate school at Texas A&M, and I went to University of Chicago. Texas A&M is the most racist place. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. I went to a game. At Texas and them, and I was like, "Ew!" I had to shower. Like, it's, it's so, so. The thing about SMU yeah. is, you got people from A and M going there for, oh, graduate, yeah, for school. graduate school. I already know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A SMU is um, it's a bubble. Oh it, man, and, and it's in, it's situated in a way Holland where Park's in Highland Park. So you got everybody there got resources. Mm -hmm. So and, and my law school, we had a, we had a, we had a Jerry Jones family member. We had a, we had a Bush family member yeah. and shit. Wow, wow, that's why they got the difference. And if y'all don't know about Highland Park. Like mm -hmm. Highland Park is like our it's River Oaks, yeah, our River Oaks, mm -hmm. yeah. But so, maybe more money. Highland yeah. Park is in Chicago, right? Not in no, Dallas. it's in Dallas. 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 Oh, it's it right next. It's money. right. Journey oh. Fit Dallas is oh. like oh. right there. Yeah, okay, okay, got it. I think, right, like I think Woodlands for us, man. If that's part of Houston, nah, yeah. it's like uh, that's River Oaks. Money, I would say it's more new money. This yeah. is old money. Rice, rice is in River Oaks, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna speed up the story a bit because I know I'm chewing up some time, but. So you know that was my experience. That was my experience there, man. It was it was white folks not acknowledging the intellectualism that I actively cultivated at Morehouse after I almost filled out that motherfucker. Yeah, and I was prideful about my shit. I was like, man, this me being smart from an academic perspective was hard earned, nigga. Because you know, I almost fell out of fucking college. I you know I developed a love for reading. I I learned how to study and shit. And y'all coming here and y'all just diminishing me just because I'm black. Yeah. So I was highly resentful of that shit, but I also wasn't really tripping too much because I knew I was there just to get a degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was other black folks there that was just highly like engaged and wanted to be accepted by white people. It was one cat, I ain't gonna say his name, but they had intramurals. And you know, these white boys wanted me to be on the team for obvious reasons, football. And he was just dying to be on their team. And when he didn't get on the team, this motherfucker was so hurt. Because <laughs> I just, I just can't understand it. I go to their pub crawls and they didn't ask me to be on their intramural team. <laughs> Get your I'm looking at this Negro like I'm looking at this Negro like dog for real. You nigga, want my spot? Cause I don't give a fuck. They can't yeah. run an X route. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can't even run an X route. <laughs> you can't even catch a cold, man. Yeah. But you know, so I mean, but I'll say this: the dichotomy between the two schools, from Morehouse to SMU, Ooh. gave me an understanding of how to distance myself from motherfuckers that went for me, straight up, and be comfortable in my own shit like that. So I ended up graduating that bitch. After graduation, you know, um, I moved to New York. At this time, my brother's decline was even becoming even more rapid. Right before I graduated, he got brutalized by the police. They kicked his teeth out of his mouth. Oh, God damn! They oh. threw him. They threw him in jail without bail, and uh, he needed to go to a, a mental health ward. The front teeth. Yeah. Oh shit! One of the hardest things I ever did was I went to go visit him in jail, and his shit was knocked out of his mouth. Wow, bleeding still, no. And he was kind of a heavy set guy. He lost a lot of weight. He wasn't getting his medication. Damn, man. I don't think he was eating the way he needed to. So uh, 
Okay, CPD whooped my ass, but I ain't knocking my teeth out. Bro, I they, probably would be gone if they did that shit. Cause you, know, you saw that Tyree Nichols shit? Mm -hmm. yeah. I haven't seen the video of my brother getting his ass beat, but to get his teeth kicked out of his mouth, I'm sure they had to kick him nah, hard sure. as fuck. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Damn, cuz. So, you know, I'm, I'm graduating law school all while he's in jail. Um, and I'm just like, man, at this time, I just feel like I need to get the fuck out of Dallas. Because it started to feel like it was an anchor. And I don't know if you ever dealt with somebody that's really close to you that you love that's dealing with an intense mental health problem or illness such as uh, he was bipolar schizophrenic. Um, you know, after a while, you just say, like, man, I got to, especially at such a young age, I was 25. Mm -hmm. I can't just be his caretaker. I need to, you know, I need to live my life. You know, so I got this degree that I spent a lot of money on. So I made the decision to move to New York. I moved to New York. Um, him and I had a falling out because, you know, if you ever dealt with somebody that's bipolar schizophrenic, they can't manage reality in a way that isn't aggressive sometimes. Mm. Um, you know, there were some issues that he was having with my parents and I had to intervene. And I'm not going to go too deep into that. Mm -hmm. But um, after, the, after the last intervention, I had to dip because I felt like I was going to kill him. Mm. So I moved to New York. You know, I thought it was greener pastures. I lined up some interviews. I had some uh, offers from the NFL and um, not the not the play, but from their uh, corporate office, uh, some sports agencies. I thought I was about to do the New York thing. Mm -hmm. Did what I'm saying. And um, remember the the night before my brother passed, I had the best night ever in New York, bro. It was it was everything that you would think of living in New York. You know, we we doing private parties, we going to clubs, bottle service and shit. I woke up in a just a random apartment in Harlem. I ain't going to give too much details on that, but he I'm, had the hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember waking up. I got on the L train to go Girls. back to go back to Brooklyn. I remember getting off the train. My pops called me and he was like, uh, hey, man, you know, um, I'm with your brother. And he seems to be doing OK today. You want to talk to him? He says you want to talk to you. I'm like, uh, because him and I were on bad terms. I was like, I, I, you know, I'll talk to I'll talk to him later, man. I, I was hung over and shit. And, Mm -hmm. I really intended on talking to him later. I hadn't talked to him in like three months. I remember going back to where I was staying. I, I took a nap. And I remember waking up to a host of messages from my mother saying that he uh, he succumbed to suicide. Damn. So immediately I rushed back to Dallas, um, left New York in, in the rear view because I wanted to be there for my parents. And uh, that kind of started my odyssey back, back, in, uh, back in Texas, man. Mm. So there was a grieving process. Um, and, you know, y'all are brothers. So, I mean, the unimaginable is losing your brother. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I can tell how much y'all care about each other. Nigga, man, you about to try to make a nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but this is all. But, take a shot. God yeah, damn. but, you know, so, uh, you know, it was tough grieving his loss, man. I developed the alcohol dependency. Mm. Um, I wasn't leaving the house. You know, it was it was tough. But I remember I had a mentor. He was a federal judge. I don't know if you guys watched The Bachelorette. I we mean, don't watch that shit. Bro. Yeah, but there, the first, the first Bachelorette, the first, the first black Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay. Um, so I grew up with her, and her dad was a federal judge. Mm. And uh, I remember he called me. He wanted to take me out to lunch. I know, I know, it's random, but. For your but viewers, we're gonna have some. They're, 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 yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna know Rachel Lindsay. I yeah. kind of remember you that watched name. Rachel Lindsay. Well, Rachel. Rachel, Rachel I kind of remember oh, that. Oh, you, oh, you worked on the Bachelorette? Worked on yeah. shit. She, she's oh, a, I did the yeah. B roll for her shit. Oh, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. So uh, her dad, her dad called me and was like, Man, I just want to take you out to lunch. Because he knew I was struggling, man. And 
when he sat me down, I was like, man, you got this law degree and shit. I understand you're grieving, but you can't just throw your fucking career away. Mm-hmm. Let's get you back on track. And that was really the most monumental lunch meeting I've ever had in my life. Because mm. he put it in perspective. He was like, the best way you can honor your brother is to not throw your life away. Because mm. one thing my brother was was supportive. Even if he, even when he was going through his shit, I remember when I was getting ready to graduate, he was like, man, you, he was like, we about to be rich, nigga. Like, you about to be a lawyer. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make that type of money, but I'm glad you really excited for me. Yeah. For sure. But it, I could just feel the the excitement he had because just how I was shocked that I graduated fucking college and law school, that nigga was even more shocked. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. You've had people intercede for you then at times where you probably didn't. Oh, bro, it was God. It. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it was a village. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the village that my parents put me in, they didn't know at the time that village was really my lifeline in a lot of different situations that I felt like I might have sank. Yeah. And uh, growing up in Oak Cliff in the early 90s is not easy. Yeah. No, I it's mean, not, growing up growing up in, in any black community in the 90s wasn't easy. Yeah. yeah. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. I, I don't think this generation understand, because nobody walks to school anymore. Like, not like that, like how we did, ride mm-hmm. their bikes and go outside and see shit. Like, especially growing up in the hood. Like, yeah, you playing basketball over here in the driveway, but... There's some shit going on across the street. Mm-hmm. You hear them gunshots. Nah, you hear still, it's still I, well, it's, it's still, still like yeah, yeah but I'm, it's just like in the nineties, it was kind of free for all. Yeah, like, we you know was, what I'm saying? We was like what the fourth grade, because that's when it, it the elementary school we went to moved to like right by our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But we was walking home and we was I was like what nine, ten years old. Yeah. Walking like a mile and a half with my little brother. Jesus. And it's crazy to think about that now, cause like even now I see my students, yeah, like about to walk home, but they it's like some apartments like right by yeah. our, our school, so they just going literally like right next door. We was walking all the way through the neighborhood, jumping and fences, jumping fences. <laughs> we was literally going through people uh, backyards yeah. to just jump the fence get to, to get home. <laughs> Times are different. Yeah. Man, we were trying to get to Dragon Ball Z on yeah. Tsunami. <laughs> I remember when I was 10, I mean, I was talking to my mother about this. Uh, so on every Thursday, my father and mother would pick us up from school and they would take us to church's chicken. Mm. It was 10. My brother might have been eight. I remember we were at churches. And we saw a cat get murdered like, at churches. I was talking to my mom about this shit the other day. I was like, Mom, you remember that shit? He ate a biscuit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he nah, was a crackhead, so he could have had a different type of biscuit. Yeah, churches, churches, biscuits. Churches, biscuits. Yeah, yeah, churches, biscuits. Yeah, nah, and I don't even like churches. Yeah, they are. Nah, the churches they biscuits are hard. biscuits are not good. They were hard. They're top tier biscuits. No, they were hard. They were like a motherfucking brick. Like you throw a church. If you let them sit, if you ain't fresh, they good. No, Listen to what you just said. If you let them sit. Nigga, it's bread, bro. You get them fresh out the oven, they they all It's bread. The best biscuits are Golden Corral biscuits. Nigga, Golden Corral. <laughs> yes, by far. Trust I, me. They I've rose. Been, I've been fat Where on you my own. They rose. They rose. on and biscuits. They rose. That nigga from everywhere. He a military, military child. So, uh, but the Golden best. Corral is some military brass shit. Yeah, right yeah, there, yeah. we used to go to Golden That's what we used to do. Because <clears throat> yeah, my dad had to feed four of us. That's my size. Y'all talked about me being the clumps, nigga. Y'all was the clumps. the for real. Nah, I just spit my drink out on myself, dog. Let's get to some substance. Hold on, man. We got the 
story. He spit his. You just made me spit my drink out, dog. Hey, it sounded good. I want to know how you got into the whole. Then you know, you talk about your brother and you know everything that went on with him. What dad? Why you laughing? Cause this nigga made me spit my drink out. I'm gonna play it in that. I swear. How did you get into the? Uh, into the role of uh, being a lawyer or a, um, a public a community advocate, yeah, yeah. of the, everything that's going on now. So, 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 so my life, the beauty of my life, my well, I think is beautiful. Everything connects. There's nothing that's random. You yeah. dig what I'm saying? I never would just woke up and say, I want to do this shit and try to do it. So, when I sat with my mentor and he told me to get my life back on track. He said he wanted to plug me with, at the time, was probably the most progressive district attorney in the country. It was the first black DA in Dallas. And I was like, I don't really fuck with prosecutors, but you're right, I do need to you know, get a job. And what he was doing at the time, he was exonerating a ton of people from, um, you know, um, Lower level false, no, no, not, not, no, false, false uh, convictions. So mm. people convicted of murders that they didn't commit. It wasn't lower level, it was high level shit. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it for this guy. Um, so he plugged me with that gig. I worked there for probably eight months. My first day on the job, and this is the shit about DA's offices. And a lot of times you might hear about liberal or progressive DA's. You might get sold a fake bill of goods. This is probably the most liberal progressive DA at the time, but they still prosecuting people for bullshit. My first day, I get a case file on my desk. It was a, uh, it was a, it was an older black gentleman. He might have had some mental health, you know, problems. Reminded me of my brother. On his case file, he got beaten severely by the police for resisting arrest. So my first thing is, all right, well, he got arrested for resisting arrest. What was the underlying offense that he was getting arrested for? Yeah, what, did, what the fuck was he resisting? Before, yeah. They couldn't tell me. That's so I happened. told I told his lawyer, I was like, well, shit, I'm going to dismiss this shit. So my supervisor at the time was like, well, you new here. It's your first day. You can't just be dismissing cases. You need to go upstairs and ask if that shit's okay. Mm. So I went upstairs and asked my supervisor's supervisor. And he talked so bad to me, man. He, he basically called me a bitch for one to dismiss this guy's case. <laughs> wow. And I'm looking like, bitch. Like, at the time, I'm thinking like, bro, you, you know... Short, little, fat, yeah. white dude. Like, Looking you out. calling me a bitch. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, it's my first day. I can't go bad on him like yeah, I want yeah, to. Yeah. But at that point, I just kind of checked out. I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm just going to collect my check. Still learn on the way, right? Because, I mean, you learn skills on how to be a lawyer. Um, but as as the months passed, the guy that I came to work for, he got voted out of office mm -hmm. like four months after I got hired. Like two months after he got voted out of office, it was one Saturday night. I got pulled over by the police. It was an officer that I had trained on how to testify. Because mm. yeah. when you're a young prosecutor, you got to train the officer yep. how to testify mm -hmm. and yep. shit. Wow. So I trained him how to testify. He pulled me over. I was I was in a loner car. It was a white cocaine white Lexus. Out on this motherfucking fur vest. Mm -hmm. I, you know, Why he was wearing a fur vest? I don't know. He was, he was like, uh, nah. <laughs> you can hate me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, out on his fur vest. I remember the, the cop pulled up on me. He was talking to me. He was like, man, I just need you to get out the car. I was like, why? As soon as I said why, that nigga yanked me the fuck out. And you trained him. Well, this was the other guy. The, the guy that I trained was, it was his assistant officer. Mm. He pulled me out. 
And I'm like, hold on, dog. Wait a minute. You know, I'm just trying to get him to calm down because at the time, shit, this was right after Trayvon Martin, but this was before all the other shit. Mm. But I was seeing people get <laughs> fucked up by the police. I was like, bro, you just need to chill because, you know, we work on the same side of the same side of the mm -hmm. fence. He was like, man, you trying to use your position to get out of this shit? I was like, nah, I'm just trying to let you know that you fucking up. Like, not only are you arresting the wrong person, but you're also violating protocol. Straight up. Mm. So I just start laying into him, and then he realized, like, oh, shit. You know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. You know, they throw me in the back. Next day, though, uh, this shit hit the news. I made every news cycle for, like, four straight days. Yeah, you know, my face is plastered. I remember I get a, I get out of jail. That night, I had a uh, a journalist in Dallas read off my fucking resume, like, ah, right, you know, this DA, you know, was out here doing X, Y, and Z, and he cussed out the police. Oh, I cussed him out bad. He cussed out the police and he threw his entire career away. And they listed all of my achievements, you know, University of Oxford, SMU, Morehouse, blah blah blah. All this shit was great, but he threw it away. Mm. And at that point, I was like, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt like I blew it. Mm -hmm. I had my opportunity to at least build my career. Um, but that put a scarlet letter on my chest. I didn't think that yet because I felt like I was still good. Because I had just got through, you know, getting through the grieving process of losing my brother. And when you lose somebody close to you like that, you feel like you can go through anything. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, shit, I lost the motherfucker that I knew loved me. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I ain't got to love me anymore. I know I'll be straight. You dig yeah. what I'm saying? But once I realized I wasn't, and this is when I realized I wasn't straight. So, two weeks after I got arrested and the shit hit the news. What you get arrested for? DWI. Mm. DWI. And I actually beat that case, too. Mm. And I told them I would, but the motherfuckers didn't listen to me at the time. And it's, both those officers got fired because mm. of that shit. Good, good. Um, they work but, in high school games now. Huh? Yeah, hopefully they security guards yeah. for goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> That's the type of pettiness I like. Yeah. But, but, uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, straight up chaos. <laughs> but uh, you know, two weeks after that shit happened, my boy was working for CAA out in LA, uh, which at the time was the largest uh, you know talent agency in the world, and Rock Nation had just merged with CAA, mm -hmm. Rock Nation Sports. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, you know, I think you would be good with Rock Nation, dog. Like, so he set up a couple interviews for me, and I killed them hoes. Ooh. Like that. And they was like, man, we want you to. I interviewed on a Friday. It was a phone interview. It was before Zoom. I killed that shit. She was like, we want you to move to New York on Monday. Mm. Me and my mama was looking at cribs, nigga, in New York. And Monday morning, I got this boilerplate email saying, thank you for interviewing. But at the time, at this time, we're not hiring and I'm like, what? Because my boy called me after my interview, just like stoked, like, oh shit, like, I don't know what you told them, but shit, they was eating that shit up. Mm. But they changed two days later. So he called me that Monday after I got that email. And he was like, man, shit, they had a, they had a temp, an intern, Google you, and they saw what they, and they found your shit on the internet. Mm -hmm. And they was like, yeah, we can't hire this dude. Wow. And at that time, I realized, like, damn, I'm toxic. And uh, that started a whole nother grieving process, bro. Cause not only did, and that was a year, almost a year to the date after my brother passed. Bro, this is so, crazy. So my brother passed one year, the year after nigga, my career died. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? And I'm all 26. I'm early in my career. It's like, I, 
It's not like I'm Kanye and I can fuck up and I got million billions to sit on and mm-hmm. be insulated Shit. from the bullshit. He don't even got that. Not not no more. He got a million. He got, he got something. Yeah, he got I ain't even have money. You know what I'm saying? It's it's very man, your your ain't story no way, Kanye, very relatable. Street. Because literally after that shit happened with me with the cops and they whooped my ass, I had a misdemeanor. Yeah. And I had a job lined up in Dallas that had me closer to my son. And I had the job. I mm. passed the test. Um, uh, My interview process was great. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they about to send me an offer that was going to start off at like 80000 and just coming out of college. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to be good. They reneged it mm. at the last minute because of my background. And that's, that's the bullshit with, with the criminal justice system, man, and dealing with people that shouldn't be the arbiters of who you know gets to arrest you or not. They can not only kill you or injure you, but they can fuck up your entire earning potential. Straight up. Yeah. Wow. Just based off they bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, they word. You know, I'm not able to get, you know, the job that I had lined up with Rock Nation, that was fuck. You know, law firms wouldn't touch me. I'm grieving again, trying to figure out, like, goddamn. And, uh, you know, after a while, and I'm, I'll give you the long short of it or the short of the long. Um, after a while of just trying to figure out what I was doing with my life, I started getting calls from people in my community like, man, I saw what happened to you. And can you help me out? Because I feel like, you know, I trust you. Mm. You experienced the same thing that we experienced. And, Look, yeah. you know, after a while, like, you, know, you know, you start representing folks, and you start doing good work and they start hearing about it. And then they realize you're authentic. You start getting more calls. You dig what I'm saying? And that's really how I built my career as a civil rights attorney. Man, that's what's up. I didn't bro. choose this path. That's what I was the people, that's what I yeah, so the people the, held you down. Yeah, so the people held you down. Yeah, the people, held, yeah, you. The people yeah. held me down. But I, I was also true to, to, to my community. It's like you can go through some shit and just try to hide from it, and try to act like it never happened, and try to distance yourself from it, or you can just embrace it. And I embraced that shit, you know what I'm saying? Because that helped me. But my grieving process, mm-hmm. helping my people help me grieve in a in a healthy way. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? So, you know, I think um, that's really the testament. I guess if you want to say I'm successful at it, that's the testament to my success is just being honest and authentic. And also being good at what I do. Like yeah. I was telling you at the gym, like I actually go in the fucking court. Yeah, exactly. It ain't, I mean, I do press conferences. I asked him a very and I do specific, and shit. I, had a, I asked him a very specific question about, names, I know we're yeah, not going to throw names, yeah. but a very specific question about a very specific person. And he explained how yeah. being in court and being actually on the street is like how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, you know, you know it ain't, it's ain't, and how you make moves and how you yeah this shit you know ain't no saying? this shit ain't no beauty it ain't no beauty contest man this shit ain't no glamour project this shit is it's uh it's a skull crushing fucking blood pulsating war out here you know what I'm saying you need Damn. motherfuckers that know how to be in the trenches and I was thrown in and there. he worked with the best of them motherfuckers thought we I was ain't gonna say no kid. names my thirtieth birthday man and I used to go to this bar um it was like a high end bar near SMU. I used to go to that bitch like almost every day because I was trying to like meet the players in, in, in Highland Mark in Highland Park, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So I can get a gig. Um and so just to give you an example, Jerry Jones would be at this bar a lot. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um I remember yeah, I went there. Right, elitist. But, but I worked the there. I, y'all know I know, I, I know. I'm just yeah, painting yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah. I went I there, I went there for my 30th birthday, and the bartender <clears throat> that I was cool with, it was an older cat. He was like, man, like. Yeah, you making 30 is huge. Like, motherfuckers thought you was, like, done. Wow. Like, and I was like, what you mean? Like, just trying trying to press, like, how done they thought I was. Mm-hmm. 
And he was like, man, like, you know, people thought like if you would have, you know, you know, called called your own number, nobody would have nobody would have second guessed the reason why you did it. It's like, damn, damn I thought I was man. suicidal. Mm. I had never even considered the notion. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? But the fact that people thought that I would be that. It also made me realize, like, damn, I'm a, I'm a lot stronger than what I thought I was. Sure. Mm. You did sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, you had a lot, lot going on, and then, and then from there, let, let's kind of talk about some of the projects you've spawned. You mentioned them at the beginning, mm-hmm. but but what made you start building communities? Because people often will collect the paycheck, you know. But what made you say it's got to be bigger than just me building resources for myself? Because I saw how the community responded to. Me being downtrodden, okay. dig what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and if I didn't have a strong community, you know, even though it was very segmented and small, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And I feel like that needs to be scaled for a lot of folks, because, mm-hmm. like you said, you had your experiences. You were able to, you know, navigate that shit and you know get to a point to where you feel comfortable now. I'm assuming, yeah. But a lot of brothers don't have that ability to do that shit. Mm. A lot of brothers don't have that community. Well, you, how many brothers y'all got? Four. We got four, it's four of us. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Both, both your parents are still together. Yes. Yeah. You met my parents. Well, yeah, exactly. Our oldest got a different dad. Our second oldest got a different mom, and then us two got the same right. parents. But, but we, we together. We, but yes. they, but they, they, what he just said. But that's their parents too. Like yeah, your right. family. But to that end, I mean, everybody didn't have that village, bro. Right. But that shouldn't be the reason why people can't succeed. Although it is, yeah, but it's incumbent upon people like us that have that have the ability to create community to make sure these folks that don't have the tra- traditional community, they have something in place to where if they do have a hiccup or they have some issue that you know that's outside of their control, or even if they just fuck up intentionally, but they want to change their life back around, they have something in place to ensure that they can be successful and have a life that's worth living. We want to make sure our people can live. Dig what I'm saying? With dignity. With dignity. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? And not be saddled by, you know, their experiences or the bad mistakes they made in the past because your experiences nor your mistakes define who you are in the present. You define who you are in the present. Straight up. A lot of us shy away from the social ju- or the criminal justice system. You know, we're, we're more fearful. It sounds like you would say people should lean in and know your law know what the rules are, what the rights are that you actually have, mm. that that's going to benefit you more in the long run. Most of us, we we try to get away from any of that. But in reality, we can be policymakers ourselves. We can be community activists. But for whatever reason, everyone can't take up that mantra. So how would you recommend to people maybe getting their foot in the door mm-hmm. of helping a community or helping people that find themselves well, in bad situations. Well, well, let me acknowledge the, the, the aspect of people being, you know, kind of off put by getting engaged with the criminal justice system or politics or policymaking. I mean, we live in a representative democracy. You know what I'm saying? I hate well, I was about to say something about Troy nails, but I won't. Cause mm-hmm. that's my uh, rep. I ain't say Who the fuck is that? You should know your rep. Like, yeah, oh yeah, brother. I don't know none but, of that shit. But but the but the point ahead, is, but the point is is I mean, you may think this shit doesn't work for you, but it definitely can work against you. Straight up, mm. straight up. You feel what I'm saying? So you know, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to at least get engaged at some level to ensure that the motherfuckers that are in place that dictate how we interact with our community and our mm-hmm. society ain't actively working against it. Have I, you ever I, met? Ab- oh my bad, you ain't talking. No. Nah, uh, I was going to say, you know, 
growing up in a hood, people are scared to become what you are. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not going to become that because they're against us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for you to do that, uh, that's encouraging in the things that you're saying. But um, as I sit here and listen, I'm like, damn, they really, in the hood, it's really like, don't be a police officer, which mm-hmm. is a great career. Don't be a lawyer because you like snitching, you're telling, or you're mm-hmm. trying to get our people to tell on each other. And it's like, it's the dumbest shit ever. But it's like, it's it's really like that yeah. every day. Don't be that. Your partner goes to our gym. He's a police officer, uh, uh, TJ, TJ oh, yeah. Rowe. Uh-huh. He, yeah. uh, I mentioned you. He's like, yeah, I know Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he patrols Uptown and mm-hmm. Third Ward. And he mentioned, like, yeah. So he yeah. come, He went to Yates, all that. Yeah, like, man. So, I mean, yeah, no, nah, it's I mean, that no. shit is... Yeah, no, you know, no shit, it's cap. cool. It's cool to me when you come from the hood doing shit he doing. Well, no do, cap. Being a police I mean, officer. I ain't, that shit I ain't cool. Lie. To me. I'm not. I'm not considered pro police at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have some police officer friends that I respect, but I don't respect the institution of police. Gotcha. So I can understand. No, I can no, understand no, no. why someone would be fired. But, but I it goes that. a long way when you in a situation and you got one of us. He boy, can pull boy, up. Boy, what about the Tyree Nichols situation? No, that's going that's with what though. you just said though. I but dad I need was a TJ. A cop. I need a TJ mm-hmm. in that group to like give me some grace. You know, my dad like was need. a cop, but, and but but TJ could be could be fucked up. You mm-hmm. dig what I'm saying? I, mean, I know he's not fucked up. Is no. what I'm you, telling him. That's what I'm talking about. I feel what you're saying, but I'm just saying. I am not. It's good that it's Brooklyn. Just because an officer is black doesn't mean he's a good officer. Uh, Exactly. No, 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 I feel you. I feel you. You just saw this shit. I've been fucked over by black talking about. What we was talking about. um, My dad is a cop. Mm -hmm. He was a cop. 27 Well, he was. He's retired retired. now. He also was a man of the cloth, too. So he he walked by faith. Exactly. Moral code. But what also kind of helped in in the eye aspect, he never worked like the streets. He just worked in the high schools. Mm-hmm. So they had him just in the they high school. over into the streets, but he was always yeah. there. And he worked at one of the worst high schools in Texas. I was a big motherfucker, though, so yeah. ain't nobody gonna try yeah. that. Exactly. He was a type exactly. of guy. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had programs within the schools. Yeah. He had he would bring these these troubled guys home to us, and we would go and hang out with these guys. These would be, like you said, intellect, intellect is not Mm. You know, whatever you said, schoolwork and all that. Like, yeah, intellect is deeper than, not, you know what I'm saying? More broader and right, holistic. Right. So, the, he would bring these guys and, like, yeah. yeah, we would hang out and shit. Like, he would just shed an extra light on Case these troubled point. kids. And he would, you know what I'm saying? Case in point. He brought one dude, and ironically, he was white. And <laughs> no lie. be ironic. Nah, because <laughs> I've been saying all the, the white shit. But he, he, he brought him... And what he used to do was he used to have them come with us and we'll sell T-shirts that uh-huh. he, of the designs of his poems that he made. Oh, yeah. And, shit you got to and, and <laughs> we would, I was about to wear that shit today. And we would uh, go out and sell them. Uh-huh. I remember we was on the highway. My pops had a van. We on the highway. The dude opened up the door uh-huh. to spit. While he was on the highway. Spit like to rap or to spit? To spit. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Uh, <laughs> I almost fall out. Yeah. You- I almost fall out. And my pops was like, Man, what are you doing? He was like, the window couldn't, I couldn't get the window up. I had to spit. Like I almost fall out the car to this day. Like I don't drive, I don't get in no cars or move around in no cars. If the door not locked, yeah. that shit, tra- that shit traumatized. Yeah. Like I literally almost fell out that motherfucker. <laughs> but no, wait, the reason I'm saying that, the reason, I, the reason I'm saying all that is to say, 
Like, my pops didn't have to bring home, like, these kids. Like, these kids was, like, really messed up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's an example right in there. Mm. Why the hell would you open up a door to a moving vehicle moving at 70 miles per hour? But at the end of the day, he did, and he, he put money in their pocket, and he gave them a sense of purpose. Mm. And, and, like, with that, you don't get that from every cop. But you know he was doing his duty, and he was doing yeah, it. That was community based. No, was, ca no cameras. He used to throw citywide basketball tournaments, bro. Like no cameras. It wasn't no sense of social yeah. media. We didn't even think to put that shit on video. Like, like, he was telling me about celebrating uh, Black History from now up until Juneteenth, bro. Like, still, like we've been on that. The, the, yeah. the, the shit I do, the men's lift. Where you came on men's lift yesterday, I get all that shit from my pops and my mom. Yeah, it's, my it's, backup it's, doing it's, the it's, it's they pops. It's they pops. <laughs> and then Gandhi. Malcolm X. Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he on all this shit. Yeah, I put him. I put him above Barack Obama. Because he, he ain't never smoked no seed. Yeah, but. I want to. I want to go one more thing before we go into Patreon. Um, so you talked about our culture and how we can just be more involved and like uh, just kind of uh, just be conscious of the legal field. I, can you talk about a little bit of this shit with you know you got you got the Atlanta situation with with Young Thug and Gunner and all that snitching shit and all that culture. And can you tie in the legal sense and the culture sense well, and how it can be misconstrued? I can't speak affirmatively on the Young Thug Gunner situation because I haven't seen what they call the paperwork. The case files. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would hate to call somebody a snitch without seeing the paperwork. No, you can call that guy, they name Woody, whatever his but name they, is. They got a four minute video of him. Yeah, oh. that oh, nigga yeah. was snitching his ass. Well, I, I haven't seen that video. Yeah. So he I, said, I just, if you can get me out by 11 or 12 o'clock, I'll be on FaceTime. I'll be on FaceTime. <laughs> So I mean, if 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 if, if it is as you say it was, that's pretty fucking egregious. But four minutes. Um, I think um, you know, dealing with with certain high profile clients that have been involved in conspiracies or recos, you know. Let me let me kind of walk a fine line. I mean, I feel like, and we're gonna do a Patreon where you won't have to as much. Right. If you got fifteen more minutes after this, give us fifteen more in a weekend. Oh, you want to hop in the Patreon right now? We can. Let's 